says we are live. Let me check out over here the Fantasy Sports Cave UFC MMA number two, and we are live. Great. Welcome back to episode number two of the Fantasy Sports Cave MMA podcast. I am your hostess with the mostest, Alex Fernandez. And of course, I got alongside me, my main man, the guy who was with me last week, the guy who was right next to me. He's the tag team partner in all this. My guy, Steven Z. I don't even know how to say your name. Is it Zizima? <laughs> like the drink? Zizima. Okay. My guy, Steven Zizima. What up, Steven, yeah. man? Are you, are you, are you, have you came down yet from an exciting weekend of fights? I have, man. You know, it didn't really sink in just how many good fights were on the card until we got there. But, uh, man, that was a good weekend of fights. I was, I was really excited about that. What would you, you think? I know your boy Johnny Walker put out and uh, had the third fastest flying knee finish in UFC history. Well, let's start Let's start it off with Johnny Walker, man. He was, uh, he was on the prelims on ESPN, and I knew my man Johnny Walker was going to be the highlight of the, of, the, of the prelims. My man came out. They, ESPN cut his entrance out, which was a big no-no. Like, I don't know who Dana White has to talk to. You got to see my man do his entrance. He was out there. He was gyrating on the cornerman. It was unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It was uh, it was an unbelievable thing. And what were you going to say, Stephen? So that's just his thing. He just gropes the ref every time he every time he heads out there. Like, he's a little thing when he's getting patted down and letting him in the cage. Is that what you're referring to? Oh, yeah. That's what he does. Every time he comes out, I don't know. He comes out. He did the, the, the stripper thing where he did a little bow tie. That was his thing in the in the, in the minor leagues. <laughs> and uh, now he just gyrates on people. He's just a very happy fella. Six, five and a half, 205 pounds. And he only has a two and a half inch reach disadvantage to John Jones. Right. That's when he, oh. he, he closes the gap a little bit. Back to Johnny Walker's fight after he was gyrating on the Vaseline, man. He gets in the cage and, uh, you know, Misha Cherkinoff. I knew Johnny Walker was a big time favorite. It was like a two to seven favorite. So I would have had to bet $700 to win $200 on Johnny Walker. That's how much money came in on my guy, Johnny Walker. He, he lives in England. He trains in Thailand and his, his English is hilarious. So let's get right to the fight, Steven. This yeah. guy he's not a Brazilian, Brazilian dude. This guy has moved around. He does the right. damn thing. He he's, his fakes are unbelievable. Steven, right? This guy's fakes. He ends up, he's in and out. You can't really catch him. And then what well, pow, my buddy was sitting behind media right there. He said, you can hear the crack. You heard the crack when he hit my dude in the in the face. Kirk, Misha Kirkinoff went down in a heartbeat, and Johnny Walker inflicted more damage on himself than his opponent did. My man tried to do the worm, Stephen, and he uh, <laughs> he uh, dislocated his shoulder. All bad, Johnny. What'd you think of uh, all bad, Stephen? Rather, what'd you think of that fight and the post fight celebration where he just rolled over and grabbed his arm like, "Oh my God, I hurt myself." <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, well, about the fight, first of all, he's one of the more exciting guys to watch, right? Long, lanky, can hit you with any limb. Um, as far as the post-fight celebration goes, that's highly unfortunate. I, I heard it was an injury. I didn't know it was a separated shoulder. Is that what you just said? Yeah, he dislocated. He it popped out, and then he said later that he popped it back in no problem, and he said he was good. He says a little sore, but he popped it back in. But UFC doctors were worried that he tore a labrum or something mm -hmm. got messed up in there, so they wanted to keep him in Vegas for an extra day. Right. Yeah, probably the smart thing. I mean, he suffered virtually no damage in that fight, so I'd imagine he'll if he has a chance, he'll be back in camp very soon. Um, but he's a very exciting fighter, man. Um, he's uh, he's marketable, obviously, with this uh, with this whole pre-fight routine he's got going on. I don't blame Dana for for, for blocking it out. Um, I mean, that's uh, uh, I, I know it's pay-per-view, it's R-rated television, but uh, I, I guess I can't really blame him for that one. He wasn't on the he wasn't on the pay-per-view. Maybe if he when he when they move him up oh, to yeah. uh, the main card, they'll let him do that because uh, it, he was on the UFC on ESPN Plus with in Rio where the Aldo where Aldo was on, mm -hmm. and they let my man do whatever he wanted. So maybe for American ESPN, they're like, let's just wait. We get, let's get our commercials in. 
and then just save it for for the pay-per-view uh what do you think is next for johnny walker I, I he was the number 15 guy and he knocked out the number 14 guy so I'm, he's he's racked up three ko's in the ufc totaling less than a minute i think he's going to face a top 10 guy next if i had to pick a guy to hit for him to face it'd probably be dominic reyes dominic reyes is an undefeated light heavyweight fighter solid guy he's a california dude the dream would be for him to face tiago santos but that might be just too big of a step up just have them go at it in brazil but apparently uh Johnny Walker wants to fight again very, very soon. So I, I don't really see in the top 10, maybe Santiago Poli, Pola, Pola Ball or whatever his name is, or maybe even Glover Teixeira, a big name, yeah. another Brazilian dude. So maybe they face off in May at the pay-per-view. But what do you think about Johnny Walker? Where does he go from here? I think the sky's the limit for this guy. He's a big dude. He's absolutely hilarious. Did you hear him speak English in the post-fight? It, it sounded like he just took a hit of the blunt, and he was like, yeah, I, I did good. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, we were just talking in the last show how uh, light heavyweight has a lack of contenders. So I really hope they don't do what they did to, like, Volkan Uzdemir. They, like, he like, beats the number 11 guy, and all of a sudden, oh, you're fighting for the title. Right. Um, I'd like to see him maybe fight a foreign title challenger, maybe Uzdemir, to share, like you just said. Mm -hmm. That'd be good. It's it's top 10 or bust. Like, you can't give him anyone else. You're talking yeah. about three, three finishes in a row. This one, and you can't really finish him much faster in this last one. So it's got to be a top 10 guy. Maybe a – but. I just don't want the. I just don't want to see him take on an Uzdemir or a Teixeira and then throw him at the title. Like, give him a couple more fights. He was he was just ranked number fifteen. I don't even know the name. Of, who, who did he just fight? Misha, Misha Kirchinov, number oh, fourteen ranked guy. So he's slowly been yeah, he's slowly been slowly been running up the ranks here. I would even why not even Luke Rockhold because that's just big LOLs. But I think it looks like it looks like Luke Rockhold will face Anthony Smith possibly later down the line. But um, I don't know. I just want to see Johnny Walker fight a, a big name guy. So I would say Glover or, or Ozdemir. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whoever Rockhold, whoever Rockhold fights at light heavyweight, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a headline. It's gonna be a big money fight. I'd like to, I'd like to see Gustafson or, or um, about Anthony Smith. That is an interesting one. That because uh, Anthony Smith isn't is a he doesn't really cut any weight to get down to two hundred five. So that'd be very interesting, very evenly matched. There, I feel. Let's get over to the other prelim that made headlines: Diego Sanchez versus mickey gall now diego sanchez was a plus 250 underdog two and a half to one i bet on this man i told everybody to bet on diego sanchez because if he just weathered the storm of mickey gall i feel like he would win a decision and sure enough steven the, this uh mickey gall came out here guns blazing trying to kill diego sanchez in the first minute of the fight and yeah. blew out his whole load on in, in the first minute of the fight diego sanchez just took everything on in the face. Like, he just didn't care. Boom, 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 boom. This is what he does. Diego Sanchez is a goddamn animal, ladies and gentlemen. This is what he's been doing for the past 12 years. For people who don't know, all these new fans, the under-25s, I'm 28, so I feel old as fuck. But the under-25 fans, they don't remember that Diego Sanchez won the ultimate fighter at 185 pounds. They don't remember that Diego Sanchez has been fighting forever. He fought at 170 on Saturday. The dude fought at 155, and he even fought at 145 at one point as well for one fight. So this guy's been all over the UFC. He's fought a who's who. He's fought BJ Penn. People remember BJ Penn kicked the dude in the head and he opened up a vagina in the middle of his forehead. That was a crazy fight. Yeah. Dude's fought everybody. And Diego Sanchez is 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 out of control. I didn't think he would be he 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 would still have that chin, still have that after the beatings he's taken. I mean, if you go watch him fight Gilbert Melendez, that was an all-out war. If you see most of his fights end up being an all-out war. He's crazy. I mean, him and Clay Guida is a classic as well, right? So sure enough, Mickey Gall blew the load. He was trying to go for the takedowns, didn't happen, and uh, Sanchez got the stoppage in the second round. Big cash in for Diego Sanchez, and man, he's here, bro. He's going to be fighting into 2020 as well, and I want to get your thoughts on the fight as well, and then we'll get into his post-fight after that. 
Right. Yeah. You know, I think me and you have watched more Diego Sanchez uh, film than Mickey Gall, apparently, because this man is like the original Nate Diaz a little bit in my mind to stand there, take punches, move forward like a zombie. I mean, Mickey Gall, it was kind of hard to think of how to view Mickey Gall. He went in there, he fought CM Punk. He went in there, he fought, who was it, Sage Northcutt, I believe, after that. Right. Yeah, we, we didn't really know. Like, the CM Punk told us absolutely nothing. Like sure. anyone, on, anyone on the roster from 115 and up should have probably handled him relatively well. And then Sage Northcutt, okay, young, up-and-coming prospect. We still didn't know too much about Mickey Gall. I, I, I think he went in there with the wrong game plan. If you want to come over there and come in there and dust Diego Sanchez in 30 seconds, I mean, you better have the goods to back it up. But we saw him go out there, empty his gas tank. And by the end of the first round, he was all over him. He had him mounted, I believe, by the end of the round. No, he was on his back. He, then he finished him in mount in the second right. round. It was a dominating performance. Um, from here, it's, it's really hard to say where the, where the fighters go from here, right? Because Diego Sanchez, a second straight win, three of the last five, but he's 37 in a packed, stacked division. Yeah. You know, Mickey Gall, he'll be okay. He's got a few ones under his belt. We'll give him another name. Did you see that Mickey Gall bit and eye gouge Diego Sanchez? Did you see Diego Sanchez put up a, a picture on Instagram and he had bite marks? And he was like, this dude was biting me. He tried to eye gouge me on when I, we were down on the ground. So Mickey was just trying to find a way out after he ran out of gas. But sorry, continue. Oh, my God. No, I, I, I was not aware of that. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see that. You said you uh, made Diego Sanchez your, uh, your money bet or your... Dude, two and a half to one. I couldn't believe he was such a massive underdog. I mean, Diego Sanchez is in every fight. Have you ever remembered a fight that Diego Sanchez got washed in? I don't remember any fight oh that he got God. smacked in. Every fight is tough. Yeah, I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking the opposite. It was two to one. He was the underdog. Right. So if you put a hundred dollars on Diego Sanchez to win, you would have gotten two fifty back. I was wow. like, what? Yeah. That I was like, I was the biggest, huh? Like, okay, sure. I mean, maybe they thought Mickey Gall was just going to be too big and maybe submit Diego Sanchez as well. Because if you saw the dude, D Mickey Gall looked like a welterweight compared to. I mean, the size difference was very noticeable, mm -hmm. and that's where they probably went off as well. The youth, the size, the reach. Um, but look, Sanchez was, um, once he closed the distance, it was a wrap. Once Sanchez figured out how to close the distance and tighten him up and, and really use those veteran tactics, it was over. I don't know if you saw his post-fight rant uh, in the back, Stephen, where he was talking about he was on this anti-aging routine where he was doing his breathing techniques. He says he's been uh, sleeping and studying in other dimensions, and he's been outside during lightning storms to, to recoup his energy. So, you know what? Diego Sanchez is full-on Diego Sanchez again, and I'm ready for it. I'm ready for him to fight a, a top-10 welterweight guy. Uh, I don't know who he faces. Maybe he faces Tyron Woodley in a comeback fight because that's a big name. That's that's a fight that Tyron could possibly, you know, it's a favorable matchup for Tyron. We'll get to Tyron later and what he's going to do, but I'm all aboard the Diego San Sanchez anti-aging mobile. I'm, all, I'm, I'm, right, I'm on the bus on that. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I saw some memes over the last couple of days, but I haven't actually watched the interview. That is freaking hilarious. Um, you know, I know George St. Pierre got memed years ago for, you know, talking about aliens and whatnot, but this is going to be around for a while. I'm so happy that happened. Yeah, uh, I'm all in for that. Uh, other prelims, we had Zabit beat Stevens. Uh, not really much to talk about. It went how I think we both thought it was going to go. Zabit uses the distance, great footwork, and got the 29-28. And I love how Zabit just talks shit. Loves to punch after the bell. Just just, just does it Dagestani style. Good for him. For Stevens, I don't know what's next for him, bro. He's a great – he's a fun fight to – he's a fun guy to watch fight. So, hopefully they match him up with an up-and-coming 145 and they make a stylistic fight. Any points on that you want to make before we get to the main card? 
Uh, yeah, just one of the things, the beast's range is just going to be so hard for, for people to deal with. He's still three inches longer than Max Holloway, who's long for the division. And uh, um, Jeremy Stevens, a really exciting fighter, right? He was, yeah. He was, he was just in the title eliminator for, for, with Jose Aldo yep. this last year. So he's not done. They're still going to give him another top, another ranked guy probably. From sure. Um, he's by no means done. I thought he put on a good performance. He just couldn't – he loads up so hard on that right hand. Yeah. Uh, guys like Zabit with – good footwork and timing can really just stay away from the danger. Like I don't, Stevens didn't really ever really land that right hand. Um, at least, at least not the way he wanted to. So, but uh, yeah, it's the beep in 2019 going to be interesting, especially with the title uh, or at least with the throne sort of vacated for now, but I will get into more of that later. Yeah. Uh, and you know, right now I still think Holloway works on like a part-time job. I think Holloway is still a little better, but I think the beat is going to probably face a top five or top seven guy next in my opinion. And uh, there's plenty of people for him to fight at 145. Let's get to the pay-per-view portion of the card, Steven. We got Cody Garbrandt making his return, uh, his first three-round fight in a minute. Um, and he faced Pedro Munoz to kick off the pay-per-view portion. Now, I really wanted to pick Pedro Munoz to win this fight. Okay, the, the, it was, he was plus 140, put 100 down, went 140 back, right? I, I did not think he had the power to put down Cody Garbrandt, which is why I couldn't pull the trigger. I picked Garbrandt to win via KO. And I thought he was going to fight very smart, like how he fought with Thomas Almeida, how he fought Dominic Cruz. But you know what? This man went back to what he he wanted to do, and he he tried to make it a street fight. And they were both swinging for the fences. And Munoz brought in a, a Brazilian boxing, the Olympian. I forgot his name. Uh, he won a bronze medal for Brazil in 2008. So he brought him in to work on his boxing, and it paid off, man. Munoz was trading, and he landed on Garbrandt and folded Garbrandt like an accordion, bro. I mean, he went down, and he finished the fight with about 10 seconds to go. Garbrandt is one of those guys that he wants. To, if he gets hit, he wants to give it right back, right? He just wants to. He just wants to finish. He wants. To, oh, you're gonna hit me? I'm gonna hit you back, kind of thing. And he fell into that trap once again for the third straight fight, third straight time. Garbrandt has been KO'd, and the second time in a row that it's been in the first round. Look, Garbrandt was ten seconds away from resetting and recouping. Man, he had mm -hmm. that fight. It just ended poorly. Poor strategy. Uh, I hope that chin is not shot. I think he needs to take some time off again and re rest and reset that chin because once that thing goes. It goes. And, look, I don't know where Cody Gerbrandt goes right now. For Pedro Munoz, I think a perfect fight for him is Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling just got a decision victory in Phoenix because uh, I think Marlon Moraes, the number one contender, is going to wait uh, to see what happens with Cejudo and TJ. If those guys fight again, I think Moraes is going to sit it out and wait his turn. Uh, but back to Cody. Jeez, man. that's uh, He's got the skills. He, he's such a talented fighter. He's got all the skills to pay the bills. He's got the power to be the man of the hour. But he just has a very low fight IQ and just wants to swing for the fences. When he does that kind of thing, it's not going to pay off. But granted, Stephen, he's only 27 years old. He hasn't even hit his prime yet, okay? This guy has a lot of fight left in him. Uh, he's going to have to change up his style. He's going to have to reinvent himself a little bit. Does he have the wrestling? Absolutely. He's a great wrestler. He should use more of that wrestling. Uh, and, yeah, I wrote an article for Fantasy Sports Cable on him possibly switching camps. Uh, he may have to change something up. The head movement is still non-existent he gets very wide with his punches um you know this is funny to say but he would benefit from a guy like Dwayne ludwig he'd benefit from a guy who has a great <laughs> a great striking pedigree or maybe henry hoof out there in florida but something has to change with the striking i want to hear your thoughts on this on the on the pay-per-view opener sure and i'll start with the i'll start with the camp thing um i i agree with you the head movement is not there but what's bizarre is that we did see it a bit during the dominic cruz fight right he was very shifty during that fight he had to be but I mean, uh, to, back to your point of the fight, Garbrandt's been very unlucky, right? He uh, he was five seconds away. If he had had five seconds more in the first round of that TJ fight, 
he retains the belt. Uh, no excuses in that second fight. He got starched. Last night, he put on the fight of the night. Like, he lost. Yes, it's his third loss in a row, third knockout loss in a row. But it was fight of the night. You know, he's an entertaining, marketable guy. He looks good. He talks good. Um, you know, it, where does he go from here? It, it's tough, man. Like, how do you change your style when that's all you've ever known and you won the title that way? I mean, I, I know it's difficult. Hopefully, he does do it. He is a NCAA wrestler. Right. Hopefully, he learns to lean more on that moving forward. Um, I think the point you made about the camp is good, but it's very unfortunate. Um, no way in hell is he ever going to join Dwayne Ludwig and TJ Dillashaw. It'll right. Die. But um, I, I would be I, I would be very um, curious to see where he would go in that matter. And to Pedro Munoz, yeah, I, I was all over Cody Garbrandt in this fight because I thought the only way Pedro Munoz could win, the only way he could win was by decision. Because I didn't get the knockout power either. But if it was going to go to a decision, I just like Cody Garbrandt. Um, I just think he has the, the, the way more upside. And uh, wow, I, I was a little heartbroken when I watched that fight, man. I'm a Garbrandt fan. but um, Same. Where he goes from here, um, it's a good question, dude. I Don't give him an up-and-comer no-name. Don't don't Cerrone him right now. Give him another bottom-ranked guy, you know, 10 to 15. Still respect him. He's the former I, champ. Go ahead. I got a guy for him. Hmm. Jimmy Rivera. Holy shit, that's not a – that's not – isn't he, like, number four or five? Yeah, but he just lost to Sterling, I think. I think that's a – or he just – I think he just took an L recently, so that's like – I mean, really, he just lost to the number nine guy. M M Munoz was number nine, so then you would have to get out of the top ten for him to face another guy. Yeah, that's true. They, they literally already did the, okay, let's give him a very winnable fight, in our opinion. Like, they tried to save one of their most marketable fighters. But uh, that didn't work. So, yeah, now I guess it's uh, give him one more shot, and then it's the up-and-comers at this point. Yeah, unless they want to give him a Thomas Almeida rematch, or they want to give him Frankie Signs, or they want to give him Marlon Vera. I mean, what, I mean, that's probably like – those are the guys who are on the cusp of the top ten but aren't in the top ten. So that may be it uh, in terms of Cody Garbrandt, in my opinion. But I think maybe he doesn't come back for a minute. I think he's going to take some time. Maybe he lets the dust settle a little bit at 135, recharges. The guy makes good money, man. He gets paid very well. He's, a, he's got a big following on social media. You know, he, he he will bounce back. He's got some good years left in him. As we said before, he, he's barely touched his prime. If not, he hasn't hit his prime, right? So he, he's, he's still got time. That's right. Uh, Tisha Torres and the and – the, uh, I, don't, I don't even know. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the, the, the other lady's name. I'm going to just call her the Chinese Beast. She won the fight. Uh, very fan-friendly style and got the decision mm -hmm. and – she was very nice about it. Like she was very cool. So she stays undefeated. Good for her. I really have nothing else to say. It seemed like they placed that fight perfectly for a piss break match. I don't want to be offensive to Tisha Torres, the, 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 the tiny tornado on her opponent. Right. But look, the way they stacked the card, they did it like a WWE uh, pay-per-view where they had a crazy exciting fight to kick the show. And then one in between to give the fans a break to rest up, to recharge for the big three. So let's get to the big three. We got to talk about my man, Ben Funky Askren. This guy came out here with the, we want the funk. Uh, my man, Dad Bot Extraordinaire, and then Ruthless Robbie Lawler. My guy, they let they did Osada did not pay a visit to Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler was no. in, dude. Yeah. Robbie Lawler was in the most ridiculous shape I've ever seen, and my man's traps were about to explode. And when they put that camera in his face when he was in the corner, Robbie Lawler was gonna kill or be killed in that matchup. It was completely out of control. And you know unfortunate, huh? You know what's unfortunate? What? We saw neither, but I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we yeah we did. It was um it was crazy. So the fight starts and literally Ben Askren goes straight for the double leg. I mean, my man did not want to land a significant strike on his feet. 
He uh, went for the double leg, Lawler sprawled. He tried to connect it over. He tried to uh, chain it together by going around the back and hooking that leg, the funky style. Robbie Lawler was ready for it, and my man did an F5 slash attitude adjustment on, on Ben Askin. Threw him down on his head, and I jumped out of my couch. I was like, holy shit. And yeah. Ashton survived that shit. The only thing I can remember that is um when Kevin Randleman did that to Fedor way back in the day in Pride, where he where he threw him on his neck and head. And when uh, Lawler traps the wrist, well, bam, well, bam, and he's bopping him. And you see the head snap back a couple yeah. times. I'm like, oh my god, it's almost over. For everybody who bet Robbie Lawler by KO in the sports book, they were probably like flipping their shit. I mean, that had to be. I think it was. First round KO was like 19 to one or something. So put a hundred down, you would have gotten almost two grand back. I mean, it was, I'm sure people were freaking out. Askren rolled over and survived. He showed his heart, his toughness. And uh, yeah, it's, it was crazy. He rolled over, they got back on the feet kind of. And then uh, if you saw Lawler, he was super duper low the rest mm -hmm. of the fight. I mean, he knew, everybody knew it was coming. He was just trying to land uppercuts and he was just waiting to time it. But Askren is just, He's a funky dude, and that dude's face was beat up. He looked like his face got hit by a truck because uh, Robbie Lawler hits like a goddamn mule. So then the, the okay. they, they get back in the corner. Uh, funky takes him down, uh, gets into like a, a, a scramble there where they, they face opposite each other, and then Ben Askren gets Robbie Lawler in the in the big brother, little brother choke. That's the choke you put you give your little brother and give him a noogie. Yep. My man got it. It's called a bulldog choke. It is. Got him in the bulldog choke. Was not under the neck, ladies and gentlemen, but he got him around the ear and the chin. And you can't put somebody out with the, with, with a tight enough squeeze. Mm -hmm. And my man Ben Askren has a tight enough squeeze. My man's arm went from all the way here to all the way down to the ground. Uh, and it looked like he kind of gave the thumbs up, but Herb Dean, he's got to make that call. I was kind of butthurt when it all happened. I was like, no, you can't stop a fight like that. It looked like Askren was way, way more hurt, and he didn't stop the fight. Uh, but I guess you got to make that judgment call. Lawler immediately popped up and said, no, I'm good, I'm good. But you could black out for a second with, with that tight squeeze. So you got to give um, the benefit of the doubt. It looks like they're going to do a rematch. But in the end, uh, Ben Askren got the victory. Uh, and yeah, and... I don't know what else. What, what do you think about that minute, that minute fight, that one minute battle, Stephen? I think Ben Askren got his ass kicked. Um, that being said, uh, it was a great fight, man. I don't, I don't, like, all Ben Askren fights I've watched, I've never seen him get beat up like that. And never, I've certainly never seen him get thrown on his head. So no. I think you, me, and everyone else watching that fight was on their feet when that happened. Um, it was one of the most exciting points of the fight. Uh, the choke, yeah, a little bit of a disappointment how it ended. Did I lose him? Hello, Steven. Hello. Where's Steven? Hello, Steven. Where my guy Steven at? Hello. Oh, we lost Steven. Oh, no. Think we lost you. See if we can get him back. All right. Well, I guess we got to stop that talk right now. Steven is uh, not here right now. We're going to have to eject him from the call, I guess, and we'll get him right back. Da -da -da -da. Da -da -da -da. Let's eject him from the call. All right. We'll get Steven back right now. I hope.
We shall get Steven back shortly. Steven back yet? Let's see. Oh, where did it go? Invite him back. Let's see. Invitation has been sent as we wait for Steven to come back. You're talking about Ben Askren versus Ruthless Robbie Lawler. Hello? 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 All right. Hello? Let's see if Steven comes back to the show. All right. Well, we are waiting on Steven again to come back. Who knows what happened? Maybe his phone died and he's charging it back up. Maybe he didn't realize that his phone was on low battery. So we'll give him a second. I don't know what else to say, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about Ben Askren and Tyrone Woodley. I will just say, I will just tell you right now what's next for Tyrone. I mean, uh, Ben Askren versus uh, Robbie Lawler. It appears that the rematch will be next. Yep, I think his phone died. So we don't know what is going on right now. Hello? Hey. No, it's all good, man. I sent you an invite, and then I'll just put a timestamp. Yeah, I think I, I just did. Yep. I, I just sent it again. Cool, cool. Let me uh, do that. Wow. I'll turn the camera off. I know it's all good, man. It happens. It's with live, tell, live, uh, live uh, content. That's what happens. Yeah, Stephen S T E V N dot Z E Z I M A at gmail.com. 
You got it? Uh, huh, why is it not working? You don't see it? What happens when I texted it to you? Huh. Uh, yeah, but I think because uh, it's in the same, it's in my hangout, so it would just make a different hangout, I think. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, sweet. Cool. We are getting Steven back right now. Thank you for holding out. Let's see what happens. All right. We're back. We are back. So continue your funky Ben Askren uh, take because they got a little funky in the connection. Yeah. Um, the bulldog shook, right? It's uh, he had In this case, he had it over the chin, which you can't really put anyone unconscious, at least not anywhere near as quick as traditionally, but it is extremely painful. And um, a lot of people try. I've heard a lot of different opinions. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I saw Robbie Lawler went limp. Oh, like it's not possible. He just he got up and started screaming. Got started screaming. That's not what people do when they get choked unconscious. Um, I'm of the opinion that it was an early stoppage. I'm of the opinion he could have gone longer, and I I really wish it could have. I really wish we could have seen that. We, we got a little robbed there. Uh, to touch on your point from earlier, Robbie Lawler looked fucking jacked. He looked scary. He looked bigger than he had when he won the title. That man has been working, and um, you know they're flying out. Funky Ben to go watch Till Masvidal in London, but right. Dana White has come out and said we want to redo that fight, and we you never hear him say that, right? In the post fight press conferences, it's always uh, it's always oh well, we have to see the fights, we have to see the fights, oh we have to see what goes on, we have to see the right. On. He's never like no, this is what we want to do. So he seems very hell bent on this rematch, and you know all the Ben supporters are going to be like he's hating, he wants Ben to lose because that's been the that's what I keep, everyone keeps saying he wants Ben to lose. 
Robbie was a really bad matchup for uh, for Ben Askren. Right. Good at defending takedowns, has has heavy hands. So uh, I don't think Ben. I, I believe he said this too. I don't think he has any interest in a rematch. He already did that for the UFC. Now he wants Till Masvidal, which isn't going to be another top five guy if Till wins. If Masvidal wins, I believe he's eleven right now, so he'll probably yeah. be borderline top five, if not top five. So I, I would like to see that fight, but uh, I don't know. Where would you like to see the funky one go? From yeah, there? it looks like I think Masvidal's going to lose, even though I'm a huge Masvidal guy. But he may even just jump back down to one fifty five um, after after that fight. Anyway, is what I'm hearing. Um, Look, till till uh, according to Askren today, he said he he booked the flight to London just to be as a guest, a UFC guest. He didn't say that he wants to call out Masvidal and Ortil, right? And I think what Dana's going to offer is going to offer the Robbie Lawler rematch. I think that's a fight that he wants to see. But it's funny because Robbie Lawler is a fan favorite. If he would, if that would have been Colby Covington or Usman or something, nobody would have cared, right? Nobody would have said anything, and it, they would have kept it moving. But. uh Look, Dana White is going to make it very difficult for Ben Askren. I mean, now he has a path to the title, but I will, you know, now it's 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 going to be a hard one, ladies and gentlemen. So I think they're they're, they're going to do the rematch. Uh, in terms of uh, maybe they do, uh, yeah. I mean, I would love to see Till and Askren. That's the fight he wants, but we'll see what happens. Dana changes his mind all the time. I mean, ask all the interim champions. So uh, we will see what happens. I'm I'm cool with him facing Robbie again. I'm cool with him facing Till in a fresh in a fresh matchup. So. Um, I'm good with either one. Yeah, if I had to pick, if I had my pick, I would want to see Darren Till. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, very seldom do we really get what we want in the UFC. So we'll find out. Co-main event of the evening was for the undisputed UFC welterweight championship of the world: Kamaru Usman, the Nigerian Nightmare, versus Tyron T. Wood. Woodley. Now, I believe both of us picked Tyron Willie to finish this fight via stoppage. We thought that right hand was going to be brutal. We thought he would be able to control the pace on Usman, and we were completely wrong. Ch uh, Kamar Usman neutralized the right hand. He kept circling away from the right hand as well. I mean, he, he had the perfect game plan. It looked like the Roy McDonald fight all over again for Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley could not find a perfect moment to pull the trigger, and there was never a good moment for Tyron Woodley to pull the trigger. And Usman was on him like white on rice, ladies and gentlemen. He closed the distance. He kept putting the pressure on him, trying to take him down at all times, anytime. And uh, look, Woodley is when he's comfortable is when he's controlling the distance, when he's able to control the pace. And Usman did not give him an opportunity to do that. Woodley was getting screamed at and yelled at by his corner after every round. Just yeah. didn't have it that night. He he looked flat from the very beginning. He looked flat entering the cage. Uh, and Usman, when he came in the cage, he had that look in his eye like, "Man, it's kill or be killed out here. This is going to be my moment. This is going to be my fight." And sure enough, Usman dominated the fight i gotta give credit to usman he he came out with a great game plan and he executed all five rounds you know i i i i expected a better performance from woodley he looked he looked a little flat to me in my opinion but usman dominated i had the fight 50 43 i gave two 10 eights to usman mm -hmm. i think it completely dominated it was it was not the most exciting fight in the world i believe the most exciting part of that fight was the fourth round where they exchanged for about 25 seconds and that was about it and the rest of it was just um kamara doing what he had to do i think we both talked about it last week the only way Usman was going to win it was if he, was going to, if he could grind out the fight, take him down and grind it out minute by minute, second by second. Uh, and that was my opinion uh, for, for sure. And he did it. Uh, I thought Tyron Willie was a little better everywhere and a smarter fighter, but Usman proved me wrong. And he got the victory, man. It was a good victory. He was very humble in victory. Woodley was very humble in defeat. It is what it is, man. Uh, Usman had the good, the, the daughter story and all this other jazz. So it was, uh, it was nice to see. The, the most exciting part of that fight was Colby Covington in the audience. I mean, they cut to him like three times with that awkward smile and that yeah. title and that MAGA hat with the with the shirt. 
That was that was the biggest row. The biggest the crowd was the biggest rouse out of that. You know what I'm saying? The crowd wasn't really feeling the fight for five rounds, but in the end, Usman is the champion. Uh, we got to see if Tyron Woodley stretched himself a little thin, man. He had the rap album. He was doing TMZ. He was on podcasts. He was doing TV shows. He was doing all that with a side of fries. And look, Woodley's what thirty six, going to be thirty seven. Is this is this it for Tyron Woodley? Did he just get old overnight? Like, did he just not have it anymore? I hope Tyron Woodley comes back stronger than ever. I think he's going to take a little break to recharge and do his things on the side. But I want to get your thoughts on the fight and what's next for both competitors because we all know Colby and Usman is going to be next in the summer, and we'll, we'll, we'll I'll touch on that after you, you give your take. Yeah, um, I, I hope it is. Um, both guys handled the post-fight interviews in grace, right? Kamaru Usman, that was just such an impressive performance. He smothered Woodley. He was better than him on the feet. He out-wrestled Tyron Woodley. And, like, the funny part about that was T. Wood was talking so much trash to him for the fight. Like, yeah, look, but guys, he's a Division Two wrestler. I'm a Division One wrestler. There's levels to this. He's trying to give that whole speech. But then he comes out there and gets starched. And I knew it, it got real for me when he went back to his corner and Duke and the boy, his coach and everyone was just yelling at him. Um this is the champ. This is the four-time champ, and he's out there getting yelled at for not throwing his hands. Like I, I thought that right. was insane. But we know him to be a little passive at times and wait to pick his shots. But I mean, that was no one expected that. I, we, could, we, we talked about we could have seen Kamaru winning the fight. We didn't. No one predicted that. Two no. ten eight rounds, possibly three. It's just wow. <laughs> he got, he controlled the whole fight from bell to bell. I mean, it was it was it was crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sorry. Continue. No. Um, Nothing said. Phone's a little bit on the fritz here. But, uh, yeah, Kamaru Usman, what, at what point in time did anyone think this was possible? And, and more importantly, can Colby Covington, can Colby Covington hang with this guy? He looked, he looked huge in there. T. Willie is a specimen, right? He's a, yeah. he's a physical specimen. But um, Kamaru Usman made him look small. Yeah. In my opinion. And uh, I just don't know how Colby is supposed to stack up to that. But what's your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I think UFC blew it. They sh uh, they should have some way somehow made this Colby versus Tyron Woodley fight happen. Either way, if Woodley would have starched Covington, because Covington is prone to getting hit, as we saw in the Rafael Dos Anjos fight, he'll get hit to close the distance. Um, it's kind of like a he's kind of like a mini Chael Sonnen. Um, he either way, the fight would have been exciting. Either Woodley starches him or Colby Covington takes him down for five rounds and yells, "People's champ." Make America great again. Uh, what's up, Mama Moodley? What's up, Tyrone? Cardio King? Like, it would have just been – either way, it would have been hilarious, uh, in my opinion. So, I thought the UFC kind of blew it. And Kamaru Usman took full advantage of the opportunity. And, you know, they could have had Kamaru versus Askren and Colby versus Tyron on the card. But, uh, look, we're here We're here now. Tyron Woodley is a, is a small welterweight by stature. And Colby Covington is a small is a small 170 as well, if you really look at him, if you really compare the guys. Usman's just huge. He's a big dude. He's a big, strong guy. Um, I don't know who I'd favor in that fight. Maybe I had to favor Usman slightly because uh, he hits hard, and supposedly Usman had a fractured foot. He was only 30% of his power, blah, blah, blah. He was in a wheelchair uh, in the post-fight uh, after the fight. So I'm ready for this fight. I think it'd be the, the ironic thing would be if it was 4th of July weekend, America's weekend, uh, and the, the, the people's champ, the, the, make, the making a welterweight great again guy uh, fights Kamara Usman. Or you know what? Maybe they do it in June in Chicago where uh, – where Colbert Covington won his title. So I'm good with either one. I know you saw the Palms Buffet beatdown. Oh, did we lose him again? Hello? Hello? Yo.
Yeah, man, we're still live. It doesn't cut off if you leave. Yep, yep. I mean, it's all done via Google Hangout email, right? So um, if you just click the link on your new phone, it should work as well. Maybe it's in spam or something. Uh, sure. What's the number? Did you text me the number? Oh, okay. I got it. Hold on one second. Let's see. How does this number pop up? Marcus Lee. Boom. Nine, five, one. There you go. No, it says not delivered. What the heck? Try again. No, it doesn't let me send it. What the fuck? Mm, doesn't let me send it to that number. 951231. Hold on. Let me mute my mic. All right. Okay, round three. All right, round three. Here we go. As I was saying, 
as I was as I was saying, Stephen, we got Colby and Usman. Uh, and I don't. I know you saw the brouhaha at the Palms Buffet between Colby Covington, Ali Abdelaziz, Kamara Usman. It was it was something to see, man. There was people in the buffet line, but they didn't care. That was a scrap about to go down. Ali threw some threw a punch or two. It was hilarious, and Colby Covington hit hit behind a grandma. It was totally a, a scene to see, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Colby is just one of those dudes, man. He's gonna pick mm -hmm. fights. He's gonna do his thing. He said he got he got banned from that dump called the Palms. He's out of control, man. This guy is hilarious. He's calling out everybody. Uh, he was on the Hawani show earlier today. He was just out of control. But, look, this fight is going to be something. And you know what? Usman had a messed up foot, but he looked pretty good in that little melee there, the little, that little scuffle. So, I don't know. Uh, what, what do you think? Uh, any thoughts on the Usman-Colby before we move on to the main event? Yeah, I guess um, Usman rolled up to the press conference in a wheelchair. Right. And said that uh, he's have, been having chronic issues with his right foot for some time now. So probably going to be a little while till we see that fight. And uh, yeah, the Colby Covington trash talk can be hilarious or just very dry, right? What yeah. he did in Brazil was kind of, uh, okay, a little borderline. Yeah. Hiding behind grandma, though, I know a lot of people get mad at that. I thought that was freaking hilarious. Um, I thought the thing of him like coming up to the his um, his uh, fan workout uh, I thought that was hilarious. So he rolled up there with a horn and a belt. Like, I, I don't know. You, you could take it as obnoxious. You could take it as uh, childish. But, but you know, he's I, doing what he's got to do to stay relevant, though. I mean, he was the most relevant dude in the welter because they'll take that shit away from him. I mean, Galslam had to do the same thing. You know, Tony, he had an interim title, but he was out of sight, out of mind. So Colby made sure to be recognized and to be known. Like, he was supposedly banned from the arena. If you see Diego Sanchez's Instagram, he put up a picture that Nate Diaz and Colby weren't allowed, but then. He snuck in. He had tickets, um, and he uh, Dana talked to him, and they had him do some media. He was talking about how everybody was heckling him, and that's why they brought extra security around him because they thought he was going to incite a full riot. He was talking shit to Tyron Woodley's mom as well, even though he wanted Woodley to win it. I mean, it was he was out of control. I mean, this guy was all the way in. He's all in with this gimmick. I mean, I really gotta, I really gotta commend him for this. I mean, he he went all in with it. He's not one foot in. So uh, yeah, uh, it leads to it leads to a title fight, and win or lose, you want to see Colby Covington fight. Yeah, definitely. It, it's a uh, it's one of those things, right? Like kind of what you say with Floyd Mayweather, you either want to see him win or you want to see him lose. And uh, in, in Colby's case, a lot of people want to see him lose. So, he uh, he I can't wait. He had, a, he, had a, he had a thing on on Hawani. He said he's got porn star cardio. He needs to put that on a t shirt and wear that to every open workout with his porn star cardio. Mm. Uh, Let's talk main event, man. The main event of the evening, Anthony Smith versus uh, the goat with an asterisk, John Bones Jones. This uh, this uh, was a one-sided beatdown, and Jones was swinging the hammer and the illegal knees. So uh, it really was uh, no contest, really. I'm just – Smith made it the whole fight. Uh, this is kind of like the OSP fight, a, a long-rangey fighter who switches stances and moves side to side pretty well. Goodson uh, right. gave him trouble in the first fight. I know he smashed him in the rematch, but still, the first fight gave him trouble. OSP gave him trouble in their fight, and now Smith gave him trouble. I don't know if a lot of people are saying John Jones overthought the fight or he cruised to the fight. I don't think so. I think he was trying to finish Anthony Smith, and he couldn't. Anthony Smith, when he was in trouble, he would curl up in a fetal position. I mean, he, he would grab the arms with, with, two, with two hands. He did his thing to survive the fight. John Jones won that fight running away. Uh, I really – he almost had that submission. He almost had that submission, I think, in the third or fourth round when he went down, and he almost had it. I thought he was going to get it. He didn't have it. But the highlights were, to me, the highlights were John Jones kicking the hands of Anthony Smith while he was down. It looked like he almost kicked him in the face. If he didn't have his hands up, he would have kicked him in the face. And then, uh, you know, John Jones is not one to play clean at all times. Need my man in the, in the face. Now, 
Anthony Smith could have won the title. He could have been a champion via DQ. It would have sent waves through the gambling books because uh, Herbeam deemed that strike illegal and intentional. That's why he took away two points from John Jones. Anthony Smith could have been the champion, but he lived up to his nickname, Stephen Lionheart. He didn't want to win the title like that. And uh, in the end, it was a unanimous decision. Anthony Smith got the respect of everybody, and John Jones didn't really say what he wanted to do next. He was like, eh, I'm open for anything. And then uh, and the post-fight, he was talking about the Brock Lesnar fight, which Daniel Cormier is going to get. And I've been saying this since last year, Stephen. Uh, the only thing that's changed is the path. Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Cormier. I'm putting money on Brock Lesnar to beat Daniel Cormier. We may get an Askren Lawler situation where Brock Lesnar just picks him up and slams him on his head and hits him with lunchbox fists, right? Uh, the the stopgap in between, in my opinion, was going to be Kane Velasquez. I thought Brock and Kane were going to have to fight again. Kane got beat, so that's not going to happen, right? So that stopgap is out. And I also plan on Brock and DC being uh, in March. It's not going to happen in March. I think it's going to happen in July because Brock Lesnar will be done with his uh, obligations with WWE in April. So he'll have uh, all of April, all of May, and all of June to prepare for that fight, right? USADA or not, he'll be ready to go for that fight. Pick and D, let's say Brock Lesnar wins, then you have Brock Lesnar versus John Jones, heavyweight, Madison Square Garden in November, right? And uh, Dana's already came out and said that he wants to see Tiago Santos versus John Jones after uh, Tiago Santos hit those burning hammer fists on Blackowitz win uh, last week, two weeks ago, rather, at UFC Prague. I'm down to see that fight. Big Brazilian dude versus John Jones. As I said on my personal channel and on, on Twitter, that fight has to happen in May. It has to happen in Brazil. Have it be the main event of UFC 237 in Curitiba. The current main event is Rose uh, Yam Nama Yunus versus Jessica Andrade. Can't have that. I love those girls, but that that's not a, that's not a main event pay-per-view fight. That's a great co-main fight. You already have Anderson Silva and Jared Cannonier. As the as the third as the third slot, good good card right now. But if you put John Jones going to Brazil, fighting in front of the crazy Brazilians, it, facing a Brazilian, a lot of adversity, a lot of great things. I, I got to see John Jones versus Santos in Brazil. What do you think? What do you think, Stephen? Yeah, you know if if he stays at light heavyweight, I think that's the fight to make. I mean, yep. we we've been talking about it. it's pretty dry at two hundred five right now. Um, he just had a big win off a top ten guy. Granted, he was actually number 10, but still a top 10 guy. Sure. Um, so he's deserving of a title shot right now. Um, he, well, he is the most deserving within that division. No one else has a better argument than him. Sure. Um, I agree with you, Brock Lesnar. He's more um, likely to fight one of the, if more like to fight one of the two, it would be DC. Right. Um, man, if we, if we got that in, on the international fight week card, that'd be something else. But uh, yeah, that Brazil card, if they can add a John Jones title fight, if they can add a maybe. The Henry Cejudo, TJ Dillashaw rematch. I wouldn't be opposed to that. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that they need another title fight or another big name fight, either as the co-main or the main event. No disrespect to Rose right. and Jessica Andrade. Jessica Andrade will draw a big crowd as he, as she is the local. Sure. But uh, yeah, I think that Cardi's a little more spice. But back to the Anthony Smith John Jones fight, real quick. Yeah. A lot of heart showed by Anthony Smith, right? And a lot of character on display when he said, No, I don't want to win like that. Um, well, he didn't specifically said that, but he said, no, I'm good. I want to continue. And I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, I have to believe he knew that if he said no, the belt is his. So good good on him. Uh, I don't know if Jones was passive as more as he was cautious. Because with Anthony Smith and a lot of his previous fights, we see him get beat up for the first few minutes, typically. Um, at least in the Shogun Mauricio fight or Mauricio Shogun Hua fight and some others. So I think uh, John was just being cautious. He knew Anthony Smith had that knockout power. Yeah. But overall, it was a bit of a lackluster main event as far as entertainment goes, but really just a dominant performance by John Jones. I saw something as if uh, – I saw something saying that if the fight had happened in California, the leg would have been 
legal because uh, in Vegas they haven't passed the international right. fair. So they don't have the complete unified rules at that point. So it would have been okay in California, or New York, but Nevada for some reason does not uh does not uh, okay. have that that rule. And I want to make one point about that. I think if you saw the third round, Jones Jones went for that blitz or he, he took Gustafson in the third round where he blitzed him with takedowns and trying to finish the fight. Jones tried to do it, but Smith stuffed the takedowns on it. And so big, big ups to Anthony Smith on that. I mean, John Jones came with everything. He threw every kick in the book uh, at Anthony Smith, wheel kick, ax kick, hook kick. I mean, he threw everything with his front leg uh, and just trying to neutralize the Southpaw stance. If you notice every time Anthony Smith went to Southpaw, he attacked that body to make sure he would switch back into Orthodox. So if you're fighting John Jones, you got to mix up the stances a little bit, mess with that distance a little bit. He's so long. He's just a tough guy to hit. And uh, yes. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's tough to see. Uh, I don't know who beats John Jones right now. I don't think Tiago Santos beats him. I think no, it's, it's, you know, it's almost time for him to, to give up that, uh, to, to vacate that title and move up. Yeah. I mean, um, John Ax said it best. He looks like he can fight. He looks like he can run this division for another 10 years. Um, what, the case of John Jones, man. That's a guy who could be. That's a guy who could be a, a champ, champ, and fight and, and defend those and, and, def and defend on both both divisions. Pretty and legit. yeah, legitimately go up and down and defend. Regardless, you know, um, assuming you know he doesn't get any more trouble again, not, not another big pop or something. Right. Um, but what was the difference between California, New York, and Nevada? As of right now, in Nevada, if you have one hand down, you are grounded. Whereas opposed right. to California, New York, or as opposed to California and New York, you're not grounded if you have just one hand and your knees on the ground. Yeah, I forget they didn't take they don't accept the unified rules uh, that thing, and they don't allow replay as well. I th I don't know one of those things is one of the they, yeah it's confusing. So I really don't know why Nevada's slacking on it. It's the fight capital of the world. They really should be on par and really be leading the charge in terms of these rules and regulations. For Anthony Smith, I think Luke Rockhold's the perfect fight for him. I think that's mm. a fight that both guys want. And that's a fight that should happen. And uh, to make another point, rather, for your International Fight Week, can you imagine Brock in D.C., Colby and Usman, and then Cejudo, TJ? I mean, on one side, like you got the MAGA section on one side with Colby and Brock. That's like the wet dream from, for, 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 for MAGA. And then on the other side, you got Usman and Cormier. I think it's a great... It's a great, uh, it's a great matchup. It's a, I hate to say it, but it's a black, it's a great black versus white. Those are the best fights. I mean, you, if you don't think racism exists, go to a boxing match because you won't see mm -hmm. one Mexican guy rooting for the black guy. You won't see one black guy rooting for the Mexican guy. That's when things go all hell, and those make the best fights is when it's country versus country, ethnicity versus ethnicity. Doesn't matter. I mean, if you saw Pacquiao Broner, nobody knew what. Everybody knew Pacquiao was going to whip his ass, but if you, all my, all my African American friends were going for Broner because it is what it is. You know, I, just, yeah. I hate to be frank like that, but that's what's going to happen. And I just got to see Colby and Brock just talking shit. Like, that's just all time. Oh, and then yeah. you got Henry Cejudo on the side right there, just, just, just knowing his play. <laughs> the smallest yeah. guy and the biggest guy in the, in the division's headlining International Fight Week. That's what it should be, at least. Yeah, um, yeah I got nothing else to say about that uh, About that fight. Jones dominated. Uh, Jones' decision was, a seven, was almost 800. So if you had put a hundred down, you would have gotten eight hundred dollars back on a Jones via decision. So I don't know, maybe uh, I don't know what to say about all that. Uh, it was oh yeah, no, I, I I remember you you brought it up earlier when he almost submitted him in the third round. I almost jumped out of my chair because I remember you talking about that and how you might have thrown down a bet for that. And it, it was like fourteen to one for John Jones submission, right? Yeah, it was up. Uh, it was up there. It was it was definitely up there. I think if I would have parlayed it, it would have been something like that. 
But mm. I think it got up oh, to yeah, one awesome. actually for for a John Jones submission. Everybody yeah. thought it would be John Jones TKO. That was the heavy favorite. Was John Jones KO TKO? That was, I think they got down to minus one sixty. Bet one sixty to win a hundred kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but look, man, Anthony Smith did the damn thing. Uh, and it, the bigger the underdog, it looks like John Jones doesn't perform as well. Or who knows? <laughs> I don't know. But he, he, maybe he didn't take him as serious. Who knows? But I still say it's a height thing and a switching stance kind of thing and a style thing. So uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, we, we talked about him and Daniel Cormier, right? How he has such a physical advantage over him. Not just him, but everyone. Everyone. He's longer. He's stronger. And to go with that, he has incredible camp preparation for Gustafson. I mean, there was a reason the second fight was nowhere like near like the first fight. Right. Every time Gustafson stepped in, Jones had a way to neutralize his energy. And every time Anthony Smith switched to Southpaw, he knew exactly what to do to get him into a more favorable situation. Right. He's got the best physical attributes. He's got some of the best coaching it's going to take a lot to stop this guy. That's just the last note I wanted to throw out there. Yeah, and uh, I'm with you on that. And that should uh, wrap up our uh, UFC 235 coverage. Now let's talk about this upcoming weekend, Stephen. There's only one fight really to talk about, in my opinion. This is the first time the UFC is in Kansas. So expect a lot of random uh, referee scores and some bad ref – I mean, random judge scores, rather, and some bad refereeing. That's the, always something you got to look at when the UFC goes to a new city or a new town or a new country. Uh, uh, is, is, is the officials because the officials haven't refereed a big time fight like that before. So they may get the octagon jitters. You know, those things exist for fighters. I'm sure they exist for referees and judges as well, but we got the black beast, Derek Lewis versus junior dos Santos. This fight is going to end by knockout one way or another. Steven, what do you think about this main event? Mr. Toasty balls against C Ganu. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, uh, in his last fight, in both of the last fights, uh, they kind of went in opposite directions, right? Or really in similar directions. Not well for them. Uh, Derek Lewis, um, Dos Santos isn't going to go in there and run. He doesn't exactly have a history of trying to take down the guys down and grind them out like a Kane, like a Cormier. Also, by the way, we both knew what was going to happen in that Cormier fight, right? When, the, when they set up that main event, Lewis versus Cormier. Yeah. I mean... Lewis was in incredible shape, though. You got to give it to Lewis. He got in probably the best shape he's ever been yeah. in the fight, but yeah. we knew it was going to go down. We knew what the deal was. Yeah, you know, it was all about whether or not he can land that hand. Everybody knew it. Everybody saw that wind up from a mile away. But anyways, the Black Beast. Probably, if not the hardest, top three hardest hitters in the heavyweight division, right? right. Um, for Junior Dos Santos, we don't really know what he has left in the tank. But, I mean, he, just based off of matchup and stylistically uh, – Dosanos doesn't usually take people down and grind them out. That's a huge plus for Derek Lewis if it stays on the feet. I feel he's got youth on his side. I, I initial initial thing is I'm kind of leading uh, the Black Beast here. But what do you think? Yeah, I'm picking the Black Beast to win this fight. I think he uh, he's got the fresher chin. He's just maybe the tougher guy right now. Look, Junior Sagano Dos Santos. He's a warrior. Yeah, he beat uh, Taya Tavusa last year in Australia. He beat Blago Ivanov. Uh, those were his two big wins last year. His only two fights of 2018. Only fought once in 2017. And he got knocked out by uh, Stipe. And then he only mm -hmm. fought once in 2016 and beat Ben Rothwell. Got TKO'd by – he's been only been fighting once a year. Once in 2014, once in 2015, one in 16, one in 17, twice in 18. So he's looking to be more active. Um, he's taking a lot of damage, Stephen. Those yeah. fights with Cain Velasquez. He didn't even know what round it was in the trilogy, right? They didn't even know, He didn't even know where he was. He's taken a lot of punishment. He's taken a lot of beatings. And once that chin goes, it goes. And I think the Black Beast, he hits one of those home runs on it. It's a wrap. And mm -hmm. uh, Eric Lewis doesn't really get knocked out. And, you know, he just gets grinded out. Exactly. Cardio is his bigger enemy than, than, than getting punched to death. So I'm taking the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, to win by knockout. I think it's going to be exciting. 
I think we'll see a funny celebration. He'll do his, oh, he'll do that little thing. It'll be be great to watch, man. I'll take the Black Beast. And after that, look, you may have to run Nanganu and and Lewis back so they can redeem themselves from that awful fight. I mean, there's really no other fight for those guys to have right now. That'll Mm -hmm. be the number one contender fight, especially if they're going to, they're going to do Brock and DC. So you got to have a fight in uh, in between. Make yeah. sure that's not a co-main event fight. Make sure that fight is under uh, a little lower on the card. And just in case, maybe have that be the pay-per-view opener because that, that could be some fireworks, but it won't burn you if that's a if that's a marquee fight. So that's what I see. Yeah. And then for Dos Santos, really, what is left? They're not going to do uh, Kane Dos Santos 4. They're, yeah. I mean, what's left for Dos Santos, really? I mean, he, he he's fought everyone and anyone. Um, wasn't he supposed to fight uh, Brock and that never that fight never happened? The guy's 35. Right? Yeah, there's there was some talk for that. Yeah, yeah the guys they were supposed they were the ultimate they were on the ultimate fighter together, and then uh, I believe homie got Brock had to pull out, so that fight didn't happen. But really, he's fought a who's who in the heavyweight division. I really don't know what's next for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think this may be those this may be it for Dos Santos. I don't see any reason for him to keep fighting if he gets knocked out brutally again. Yeah. Um, the the thing we know we know about Derek Lewis from his last fight, right? Um, maybe not his last fight, but the, his fight on the two twenty nine undercard mm-hmm. um, is that when he fought Drago, is that he's got power in those hands from bell to bell. Like, yeah, you knock that man out with ten seconds left in the fight. All he's got to do is find uh, Dosanos' chin once. Like you said, he's taking a ton of punishment in his career. I wasn't aware that he'd based out his fights as to one fight a year on average, going back about about what feels to be four or five years now. Yeah. Um, Maybe he isn't as 36 as, you know, many would predict, but we have seen him get knocked out recently, Stephen Miocic and uh, Derek Lewis. So much power in his hands. I'm just, I'm trying to figure out how I can see Dos Santos winning this fight. Is it a three or five round fight? It's a five you know? round main eventer. Ooh, that's okay. I feel a little if better about that. the storm, Dos Santos can probably win a decision. I think Dos Santos by decision is the only, the only chance he has. Because I don't think he can knock out the Black Beast. And the Black Beast is just going to go for broke probably the first three rounds. And, uh, look, Dos Santos' chin will be there. He's got great boxing, but, Dos, I mean, he's, he, Lewis is going to try to make it a street fight. Yeah. I The fact that it's five rounds actually makes a big difference in my head. But uh, I'm sure we'll touch more on that when uh, it gets a little closer. Yes, sir. And, uh, man, that's it for me. Uh, I got nothing else. Maybe because Max Holloway. It, uh, he's made it be known that he wants to defend both titles this year. He's all about he, he's all about facing Khabib or whoever whoever in November, and he wants to defend his title at 145 this year as well. So I'm all for it, man. Active champ champs. That's what we need. Yeah, wow. I totally forgot. We didn't even touch on that. Um, the Max Holloway Poirier fight. That's gonna be a good one. That's gonna I'm be a great excited. fight, man. I I need to see Kukui though. Tony Ferguson's gonna have to fight eventually. I don't know who. Maybe maybe they do Holloway and uh, and Ferguson if Habib is not ready. Uh, Dana was saying Habib will be ready in September, but it's not going to happen. I mean, the guy is really going to wait it out to November until Madison Square Garden. From what it from what it appears to be, he wants to find MSG Big Russian Coalition in in, in New York City. So uh, that's the you know, and GSP says he's not going to fight him, but we never know. The money's right, and uh, you know he feels healthy. That fight sure as hell may happen. So I don't know. A lot in the air for lightweight uh, in terms of welterweight. Adesanya versus KG. It's going to be a great fight. I'm slightly favoring Adesanya, but Gaslam hits like a truck, like we talked before, and Bobby Knuckles will be back in the fall. So we'll see fall, winter. So the, 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 we'll, we'll get some clarity in those divisions later in the year, except if you're Tony Ferguson. 
Yeah, Adesanya Gaslam is an interesting matchup, right? Like we got a we got an interim middleweight championship with two guys that are really they're welterweights, and you know two guys that don't cut weight, natural for that weight, do very well at that weight. Have had very impressive performances at that weight. And uh, in your opinion, who do you think match, matches up better to Robert Whitaker, Gastelum or Adesanya? I think Gastelum, honestly, to keep it real with you, I think Gastelum is the tougher matchup for Bobby Knuckles. I think so too. I think Whitaker would try and grind him out. Yep. Um, I think he's very agile. He's got good head movement. I'm not. I'm not sure if Adesanya could catch him. I love Adesanya. I love that guy. He's marketable. Right. He's exciting. Connor like fighting style. You know, can hit you from anywhere. Good going backwards, forwards, etc. But uh, I think. Uh, but as far as Adesanya Gastelum goes, I think Adesanya has the edge. Right. And, 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 That's the style. It's the style matchup. It's yeah. Style. If you're gonna beat, if we get to Whitaker, if we get to Whitaker and Adesanya. That's like a fight that Adesanya is going to have to do. A lot of movement, a lot of point-style fighting. Um, yeah. Probably he can finish Bobby Knuckles. I mean, Bobby Knuckles gets hurt in the first couple of rounds of every fight, so maybe that's his chance. Um, but you know what? Yeah. Adesanya keeps getting better and better. He keeps surprising me. Um, but it's all about that will to fight. Because he uh, did he, Was that Anderson Silva fight five rounds? No, they stayed three rounds. So he still hasn't fought a five-round fight. Uh, and Whitaker, as we both know, just gets stronger as the fight goes along. I mean, he kind of downloads data, and he just gets bigger and badder as the fight goes on. Ask you, well, Romero, and ask Bobby, ask any anybody who's faced Bobby Knuckles, really. Yeah, he's he's got the heart of champion, man. We yep. saw him go through the gauntlet with Yoel Romero twice. One of the times, hurting his leg, his knee bad in the second round. Coming back to the corner, being like, "Yo, my knee is fucked." Oh, excuse me, that was the end of the third round after he'd gone up two. But uh, he's got the heart of a champion. It is tough to put this man away. Yoel Romero has smothered him twice, and both times I thought it was over. Right. But uh, he weathered that storm. So the only way I think you're going to beat Robert Whitaker if you're at Asanya or even maybe Gaslam. I mean, we've seen Gaslam knock out, knock out multiple contenders at, right. at middleweight, maybe not that, but it, it's definitely more realistic for either of them to win a decision as opposed to um, win to win by stoppage. Um, yeah, Gaslam, we saw, we saw him knock Bisping out cold, and I believe we also saw him knock out Jacare. Am I right? Well, I mean, I, so. I don't know. He's a beast. He had, he, well, he lost to uh, Chris White, and I remember that fight. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, you know, it was a split decision against Jacare in uh, Brazil. Mm. Knocked in out Brazil. But uh, he beat. Uh, he beat. Uh, he TKO'd uh, Vitor Belfort as well. So beat mm. knocked out Tim yeah. Kennedy. You know, he's a, he's he's beating a who's who, man. He definitely deserves the fight. And I can't wait mm -hmm. to see it next month. That fight is going to be here before we know it. And uh, I, I believe it's going to be in Atlanta. They're going to bring it to Atlanta from what I from what I saw and from what I'm hearing. So we shall. Yeah, I thought it was going to be in Vegas, but apparently they're leaning towards uh, leaning towards Hotlanta, bringing the fights down there. Two interim fights. Yeah, they got a good venue down there. Um, not too surprised about that. But uh, what do you, what's your initial take on Holloway Poirier? Who, who do you think has I think the Holloway advantage? Beats him. I think Holloway's too good. He's too long. Just too skilled, man, on the feet. And Poirier wants to keep it on the feet, which is uh, which is uh, which is you know fits right into Holloway style. I think Holloway will be a champ, uh, interim champ, and I can't wait to see what he does if he fights in November. He he says he wants to defend one forty five, but really against who? Like who is who? Who is really next in line at one forty five? He beat Ortega. Um, I forgot. I'm, I'm, my name is slipping on the contender who's who's calling everybody out. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I forgot his name right now. Um, Huh? At 145? Yeah. Huh. He's coming, up, he's coming off a victory. 
Uh, let me look it up. I think that would be the next logical contender from all the way at 145. You know what card he got that win on? Yeah, one second. Let's see what the uh, the featherweight rankings are right now. Okay. Yeah, outside of Ortega, I mean, it's hard to see anyone else right now. I mean, I know Jose Aldo. Volkanovski. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Volkanovski is, is probably the only the, the guy next in line, to be, to be quite honest with you, that he would face Holloway because he's beaten Aldo. He's beaten Ortega. Uh, didn't Holloway beat Frankie Edgar? Did they fight? No, that's okay. This that was of all the fights Ortega we lost. Beat Edgar. Ortega beat Edgar. That's right. But of all the fights that we lost last year, and we lost, we lost uh, Edgar Holloway prior to Ortega Edgar, right. and I wanted that fight so bad. I mean, I'm not like the biggest Frankie fan in the world. But he's an exciting guy, very likable guy, yeah. and I really wanted to see that fight. Um, I guess yeah. If there if there's anyone that deserves a shot. Um, who's coming off a win within the top seven, top five, it, it'd be Frankie. So uh, maybe that's the fight to make. But uh, other than that, I don't. I could not name you someone who – Frankie lost to Aldo twice, I think, right? Yeah, he lost uh, in like 15 and then again in 17. Or no, so 15. Okay. So then Aldo's just hanging out right now. Ortega's coming off an L. Edgar and Volkanovski maybe for one number one contender. It's tough, man, because, uh, yeah, because you know what? Aldo, uh, Edgar, I'm sorry. Yeah, Edgar hasn't faced Holloway, so they may have to do Edgar and Volkanovski. In terms of Brian Ortega, maybe they give him Moicano or they do Jeremy Stevens and Brian Ortega. Ooh, Moicano would be interesting. That, that, would, be, uh, that would be a scorched earth fight. And then, but you got Jose Aldo just hanging out. Like, that's the problem is what does he really do? He's kind of just stuck there. Yeah. Um, I, I know there was talks about him being on that Brazil card, but his fight fell through. I can't remember exactly who he was supposed to fight, but yeah, he uh, he's been he's been wanting that Connor fight for years. I don't think he's ever gonna get it. There's been talk of him going to lightweight, but good luck there. It's a jungle. But this is a Can we get Jose Aldo versus Tony Ferguson? Jesus Christ! Okay, that could be interesting. Leg kicks, head kicks, front flips. Ooh, that, that's that's that that'd be something. That's, now that's a fight. Can somebody's got to put, put money on make that fight happen? Maybe in Brazil or make that shit happen International Fight Week because that would be uh, out of control. That's the fight I see. Is Jose Aldo's kind of stuck. He's uh he's in no man's land right now with Holloway just taking shit over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what happens when you lose two title fights to the same person. Uh, we we saw that with Frankie after he lost to Jose. He was still hanging around the top five, but. Wasn't going to get a shot. Now we're seeing it again with Aldo, even though he came off a win last uh, in his last fight against Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, but, and he um, also beat Moicano. He knocked out Moicano in Brazil. That's right. He's, one, he's got two big wins back-to-back, -back, but mm -hmm. we shall see. Uh, Steven, anything else before we sign off? No, nah, man, just uh, had a great weekend of fights. Just want to give a shout-out to everyone that uh, housed me and uh, showed me a good time in the Orange County um, hosting the party. And uh, where did you end up watching the fight? Did you uh, – you to go out. I just ended up watching it at the crib, man. I'm one of those guys that uh, I'm not a big fight party guy sometimes. Like, if it's a real serious fight, I like to watch it with like hardcore fans. Like, yeah. you know, it's a casual, something like, oh my God, what's going on? I'm like, yo, you know what? Shut up, man. Let's watch this fight. Watch this fight. Yeah. Go down. It, it all depends on the fight, um, especially with boxing. Like, I don't, I'm like very, like, I like to watch the science and with MMA as well. So I just watch the fights at home uh, real quick. So it was, uh, it was good. Maybe for the bigger cards. I'll go with some maybe yeah. like the July car, like Brock Lesnar, bring yeah. Conor McGregor. Those those guys bring out all the casuals. Like for Conor Khabib, had a big old party. So like those are the kind of those are the kind of Matt Ron, when Ronda was fighting headlining that that brought out the parties as well. So it all depends on the headliner, in my yeah. opinion. If I want to go to a, if I want to go to a party because sometimes 
sometimes they want to make bets with you and stuff. Like I knew Khabib and Connor. I picked Connor, but I'm like, man, Khabib is probably going to win this fight. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it all depends. But uh, yeah, man, it all depends on the fight. If I'm a fight party guy or just watch it by myself and study kind of guy. But uh, I'm good either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually the one reason I didn't bet on UFC 229. I wanted Connor, but I just could be malls people. He absolutely mauls people. He doesn't. He doesn't lose, bro. He does. He just doesn't yeah. lose. So him and Askren, man. Him and Askren would be something else to see. I think that'll happen at some point. At one six five. One sixty five. It's got to happen, folks. My name is Alex Fernandez. You can watch all the fantasy sports. Sp- ah, you can watch all the fantasy sports cave content here on the YouTube channel, as well as the website, thefantasysportscave.com. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, and Bumble, at Mr. Alex Fernandez. You can find me on any kind of social media, Steven. I'm plugging everything right now. Uh, Mr. Alex Fernandez, all over the waves. Check out my articles, check out my videos, and uh, all that good stuff. Steven, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm not going to plug my Bumble, but uh, you guys want to hit me up. You want to argue about fighting, want to talk shit about my Giants, or any of my sports teams. Basically, all my teams are in last place. It's fantastic. The Knicks, the Giants, the Ducks. What's up? So New yeah, York, New York football Giants? Yeah, I'm from Connecticut, man. So, oh, uh, man. Are you guys going to get uh, Haskins? Or are you trying to get I, Rosen? I'd be happy with, I'd be, I'd be happy with all, all three, Haskins, Rosen, or Murray. But, you know, that's a topic for a different time when I have yep. a drink in me or a bottle of some sort. But, uh, yeah, Coach Steven Zesma, football, MMA, whatever you want to argue about. There you go, guys, and make sure to check us out next week. We'll be breaking down more fights. we got a Bellator coming up as well. We'll be talking till Masvidal next week as well, and if Ben Funky hops the cage, we shall see, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, we out. <laughs>